Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to this 2023 Spring Training Edition of the Powder Blue Podcast. Here with Jeff Mosher, I'm Frank Close, and I'm coming to you from Clearwater, Florida, where I have also reported, in addition to the pitchers and catchers, of course, and time to talk some baseball, Jeff. Can't wait. Need some baseball in my life, Frank. Let me tell you, I feel like the Super Bowl was like Two years ago, at this point, you know, it just—I I guess after after all that, the, the the abrupt end just makes it feel like it was forever in a memory. It's um, it's really truly amazing. They've had the Phillies in the World Series, the Eagles in the Super Bowl, and of course the Union in the MLS final. And um, in typical Philadelphia fashion, none of those teams winning. So <laughs> we need to erase that. <laughs> well, I will say it was nice to have football all the way up until. The second week of February, latest it has ever gone in Eagles history, quite literally, because the Super Bowl yeah. didn't used to go that late. But here we are. It's baseball, and the Phillies had a very nice offseason, and, and here they are. So we're going to do this, Jeff, in two parts. We're going to talk a little bit about the offense today and then pitching on Monday. So we'll get a little two-part two part episode here while I'm here in Florida. And so the bats, of course. So I guess the big news coming into camp is Trey Turner. And let me tell you, Jeff. That guy is the skinniest baseball player I've seen since the 80s. Yeah, it must be why he's so fast. He's not <laughs> carrying a lot of weight. <laughs> I mean, you know, looking at old baseball cards, players were definitely not as bulked up like they are today. But but Turner, man, he he looks like he's 19 years old and skinny. 
Yeah, like a little Willie McGee. Remember him? <laughs> <laughs> Boy, do I. Yeah, Willie McGee. What a nice player for the Cardinals. Skinny arms, <laughs> skinny legs. He was just all arms and legs everywhere. Elbows. <laughs> and he made things happen. And Trey Turner makes things happen. And, and certainly 700 plate appearances last year for the Dodgers. He, he's certainly going to set the tone for this Phillies lineup. And we got to start right there, Jeff, because... Rob Thompson, while not committing, certainly has hinted to Trey Turner being the leadoff hitter on this team. Yeah, so I think that's the right move. I'm glad. I think you made a great point in the offseason when they they acquired him that while you had Kyle Schwarber, who I think will have a better season from an on-base percentage than he did last year, which is one of his lower seasons, I, I do think that when you have a player as fast and disruptive on the base paths as Turner, you can't have Schwarber in front of him sort of clogging up those base paths. So I think it's best for both players. It's best for the lineup as a whole to have Trey Turner leading off and Kyle Schwarber batting second. I, you have to still have Schwarber batting in the top three. You need those extra at-bats that accumulate over the course of the year. I know a lot of people who are traditionalists, Frank, would rather see Schwarber bat fourth or fifth. I would not. In fact, I don't mind if he's leading off on days that Turner – doesn't play or if he has to be injured. I, I I have no issue with Schwarber as a leadoff batter other than getting that on-base percentage up. But when you have Trey Turner, he has to be your leadoff guy. Now, I ask you, he sort of said it with a caveat, Rob Thompson. He said when Bryce Harper comes back, things may change. I don't know. I get not wanting to have lefty-lefty, so that might change what you do with Schwarber. But I would still like to think that Trey T Turner is your leadoff guy as long as he's doing Trey Turner things, even when – Bryce Harper does return. I worry about July and July, me personally, right? So yes. he knows going in, he doesn't have Bryce Harper. And so he's going to set the lineup the way that he's going to set the lineup, knowing that Harper isn't around. So for, for me, before you have Harper, I think you're going to see the DH spot work a little bit as originally intended, you know, giving certain guys days off. You'll see you'll see JT Romuto there when he's not catching, or maybe he's at first base and Reese Hoskins is in the, is in the DH spot. And so I think that changes the dynamic here of, of, of the lineup, knowing that you're going to be seeing some guys cycling through. Uh, you'll see some opportunities for Edmundo Sosa at third base to let Alec Boehm have a day in the DH spot. You'll see, uh, again, the two corner outfielders, of course, prime candidates, uh, depending on who they get to, to back up uh, the corner positions. I, I say who they get, who they decide to use in those roles. Uh, they have a bunch of guys in camp for that, but, but yeah, mm -hmm. so but I think I think knowing that you can play Real Muto every day is is helpful, especially when Harper's not in there. And uh, you know, so that leads me to my next thing I would want to say is who bats second? You know, if you want if you don't want Trey Turner being stuck behind somebody clogging the base pass, uh, then don't you also want some speed ahead of Schwarber if he's batting say third in the Harper spot? Uh, yeah, I want Schwarber batting second. So, I mean, that, that to me, it's, it's clear as day to have Turner Schwarber one, two, and you have a chance to jump pretty quickly on opponents with some two, nothing leads. Uh, if you get Turner on base, the way he gets on base and Schwarber with the long ball. So to me, that's one, two, it does sort of kind of without, without Harper, it makes the next three a little bit difficult, I think, because while you and I, have, I think, both agree you have to get Reese Hoskins out of the two-hole, I don't know if he has a natural fit <laughs> and not knowing what to expect from Castellanos. I don't know who is the best number three. I think 
Hoskins is a good number three candidate if you want to have JTR bat fourth and then say if you're ready for it, I think you got to at least give Castellanos the benefit of the doubt and start him off, you know, in the five hole and see how it goes from there. But, um, you know, with, with then maybe Bohm and, um, and uh, why can't I think of his Price name? All Stott. Of a sudden. Stott, yeah, Bohm and Stott there, which sort of like, it really gives you a lot of punch in the first three and then some question marks following that. I mean, JTR got off to a pretty rough first half, Last year, I hope you hope it doesn't happen again. He's not to me your typical leadoff hitter, but without Harper in this line, I mean not leadoff hitter, cleanup hitter, without Harper in this lineup, um, you kind of got to get creative there. Now, I will say if Castellanos gets off to a great start, it looks like the Castellanos. Then maybe you consider batting him third or fourth, right? And I don't know what Rob Thompson's going to do. This spring will be pretty interesting to see how do they treat Nick Castellanos as a guy who has a blank slate. And last year didn't count, or do they treat him like he sort of has to work his way back into being a three, four type hitter? Yeah, so let's talk about that for a second, because I definitely wanted to address Castellanos. And Dave Dombrowski yesterday, uh, he, uh, he had a media availability, and he basically said, he's like, Castellanos is going to be better than he was last year. And like, he openly acknowledged that he had a, a, I think he even called it a bad year, or I think it was a little less charitable wasn't softened the way that you know you often soften it you know like say well he didn't do as well as he thought he well no uh i think he i think he openly acknowledged that uh castellanos did not have a good year and but he's also acknowledging that his track record is what it is and he he doesn't believe that that he's going to have another year like that so i think you do need to just treat him like he's the guy you signed and and put him in a position to do what you signed him to do Right. You, I, I agree with that. I think you have to go by the body of work and not just recency bias. I totally understand that. Um, but, you know, games in April matter, too. So, like, if he gets off to a really slow start and he's batting and they're giving him two or three weeks and he's batting, you know, fourth or fifth, that that could be really rough on this team because I, I look at this lineup without Bryce Harper and I say, where does that home run and run production come from it's got to be a little bit turner right because he should give you more power and production than you would have gotten from say segura and it's got to be castellanos being better than last year because i don't know that you're going to get anything different what you than what you ordinarily get from from reese and jtr and um i just don't know what kind of jump that bowman stott are going to make in the power department yet i'm hoping alec bohm year three starts to show a little bit more of that power, right? Um, it, it, consistency from hitting hasn't been an issue. Power has. And then maybe also with Bryson Stott a little bit. But you just don't know. Well, one thing that, that Dombrowski did say yesterday was that they really see Bohm, Stott, and Brandon Marsh as guys that are still improving. You know, they are, they are not the... They are not their mid, mid-career primes just yet. You know, I think they're... That you do do need to acknowledge that they are getting better and better. So I think I think this Phillies lineup almost counts on the three of them. I mean, they might be batting seven, eight, nine when Harper is is there, but uh, they're 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 expecting them to continue to be better players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would I would think so. But we all know that like you go into a year and you have expectations, and some guys exceed it, some guys don't, and you can't always like Castellanos last year. You can't always know who's the guy that's not going to meet 
those expectations. In fact, you never know, right? It just, it's sometimes, sometimes it works out great. You know, like you have one of those years where everybody does what they're supposed to do. And that's wonderful. But it, with the Phillies, it hasn't always been that case. And with Harper out, you know, I think that open, we haven't really talked about how the lineup will look outside one, two, three, but if everybody is playing in the field in their normal spots, right, then you still have that DH spot open. And I wonder if getting Derek Hall in against right-handed batters is a good strategy for that. Like, does he definitely make the team in your mind coming out? And for the first three or four weeks or whatever, when you're facing a right-handed batter, is he the guy that should be in the DH spot? Yeah, I think that's a big question. I, I don't think anything is guaranteed for Derek Hall. Uh, he was out there playing first base in, in one half of the, the infield practice that was going on yesterday. So, um, they're, they're clearly gearing him up to, to be a first baseman, uh, if he makes a team. Cause of course the DH spot allows you to DH Hoskins a little bit. Uh, but, but to me, the lack of versatility hurts, hurts Hall. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I don't see them preferring to have somebody that's that one dimensional, uh, be the, be the fill in. You know, I think they would like to have somebody play some positions. I mean, that's where Cody Clemens comes in. Now, Cody Clemens, for me, is far from a lock to make this Phillies team. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did get him back in that Detroit deal. He's somebody who can play some infield. Uh, he was out with the infielders yesterday. Uh, he's also played some outfield, too. Uh, hasn't played center, but he can play left and right for you. And, and so I, I think I think you could see. I mean, my opinion is that because they're left-handed, uh, along with Jake Cave, who is another name uh, that you might not know a lot about, who's picked up this offseason, they need one of those three to be reserves on this team. Why? Because they're left-handed. Uh, you know, Josh Harrison, right-handed. And mm-hmm. Mundo Soso, right-handed. So I think they really need that lefty bat uh, as a reserve. And so if you need if you need uh, to take up a roster spot for a reserve, you want somebody that can play a co- at, least a, at least a couple positions. And I think right. one of the things also working against Hall is he doesn't play the outfield. Um, you know, there, there, there's some whispers they might throw him out there and see what he can do. Uh, but yeah, I always hate it when teams do that. Yeah. I mean, but they, they need the versatility, uh, out of their players. In fact, uh, you know, speaking of, you know, Edmundo Sosa playing some center field because they need, they need that reserve outfielder. They don't have it. I mean, who else is their backup center fielder right now? Nobody. Right. Uh, so, right. so I think the need for that versatility affects, affects Hall as well. All so, right. So, so, so let me ask you this then opening day. For you know, we know there's no Harper. Um, let's say a right-hander is on the mound. I forget. I I don't even know off the top of my head who they're playing. Texas Rangers. Jacob Texas Degrom right. will be the opening day starter. There you I go. Assume. That's a pretty easy easy one to go with. Well, it's not because of his injury history, but yeah, good assumption. So you got a right-handed hitter. Derek Hall, as we just said, is still got to make his way on this team and and has some deficiencies there. Is it more likely that you are going to go with? one of your big guns as a DH and put Sosa as, as the sort of ninth guy in the lineup. I mean, we know that. Eight, right. We know Turner, Schwarber Marsh, six, seven, eight. So is your ninth guy in the lineup most likely to be Sosa playing the field somewhere. And then one of those hitters that we mentioned is a DH, or do you think Derek Hall has a legit shot compared to that? I think that's a really good question. I know in the past, you know, when the Phillies were good, I think back to 2009, uh, where they, they knew that they needed a temporary DH uh, going into New York to face the Yankees. 
And that was when John Mayberry made his debut. Why? Because the matchup worked. <laughs> right. You know, so, you know, that's not out, that's not out of possibility. If they think that the, the DeGrom Hall matchup is a good matchup, then maybe he makes the team. Now, he does have minor league options. I mean, they can, they can use him opening day. And then they, they decide that by the next series back home, uh, they need to do something about that. Or you know, they head to, uh, Philadelphia, right? Oh, no, there's another plus stop. I think they, they go to Miami as well. Yeah. Yeah, so, right. so maybe, maybe by the time they get back to Philly, they, they think of it differently. I mean, if you have, if you have somebody that you can option back and forth, that of course gives you uh, more options. Uh, now, uh, the, oh, the, the other... Yankees, by the way, they go from the Rangers to the Yankees before coming home. Okay. That's, I apologize. Right. That's before yeah. they get home. I was thinking the Yankees were after for some reason. So yeah. So that they'll, they'll play in New York, uh, Texas and New York before they get back to, to Philadelphia. So mm-hmm. I, w- I would imagine then if they're, you know, if they're going to New York, I mean, there's, there's some good matchups to be made there too. Uh, certainly the mm-hmm. Yankees uh, have one of the best uh, starting pitchers uh, that are uh, <laughs> in two of them, you know, that, that, that <laughs> and Rondone, yeah. Yeah, and Rondone now is, is part of the mix. So they're they're if, if, if Cole is the opening day starter, they're likely to face him at the end of that series. Right. So, right. right. They'll probably yeah, you might be looking at like Nestor Cortez there uh, for the for the op- for for the the opening on that. So yeah. So I guess really what I'm if I'm to 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 branch it out, I didn't just mean opening day, but like as for a matchup. But I meant like the first few weeks or however long it is without Bryce Harper. I think right now, without you know, with a lot of evidence left to be or, or questions left to be answered. Sosa to me seems like the guy who stands to see the most amount of time and you want to play him in the field because he's such a good fielder. Now he may bounce around a little bit and give guys different guys opportunities to DH, but that's probably your ninth guy, most likely, unless somebody just has an amazing spring who's also versatile and enters the equation. But I would think that he's the highest on the on the pecking yeah. order right now. Yeah. So I I I think they would match it up. I think it would be a be a day by day decision though. I mean, Sosa can mm-hmm. spell third base. I think I think the priority would be to either fix, say fix. We still know that while they cleaned up the defense a lot this past year, they certainly uh, have their weakest spots at third base and first base. Is that fair to say? Oh yeah, certainly. I mean, even beyond Castellanos, as I think. See, I think the outfield Castellanos and Schwarber became passable, especially when Brandon Marsh. Join the Phillies. You talk about Gold Glove Castellanos, playoff <laughs> Castellanos, right? Hey, you know what though? He does not make that play if you have somebody else in center field. If Odubo Herrera is in center field, I bet you he's playing further to his right, and he does not make that catch. Yes. So, so that's yeah. something I'm, I I firmly believe that Marsh has made both of them better. Right. Now, Can we, the, by oh, the way, take a minute to acknowledge the start of a season that will not have Odubel Herrera or, um, or Roman Quinn, <laughs> Roman Quinn or Mickey Money? Like we, ha- yeah. the Phillies have a center fielder. He may not have a great year, who knows? But we know he's going to get to almost every single ball hit within his vicinity, and we don't have to see the inconsistencies of everybody else anymore. So thank <laughs> for that. <laughs> yes, Brandon Marsh is a Philly. I saw some fan in the stands yesterday yelled out to to Marsh, "Go Angels!" And he said, "What? No." <laughs> <laughs> so he, he's 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 got a sense of humor. He was even arguing with the ump yesterday on on his simulated at bat against uh, uh, Arimola. So oh, that's great. He's 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 a hoot. Uh, teammates love him. So yeah, this is this is the year that he can come into his own, and that makes everything much better on his side. So 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 then, 
you know, putting Sosa at third, bumping Bohm to first, uh, if, mm-hmm. if, 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 to give to get Hoskins off the field one day, or playing third to get Bohm off the field one day. Although Bohm, I thought is better than Hoskins defensively. You know, if, if I had to pick one or the two, one of the two, I would definitely go with with getting Hoskins out of the field. So, uh, you know, and that's why, by the way, Dave Dombrowski was was openly acknowledging that he was talking contract extension with Aranola would not even go there with, with Hoskins. So, you know, that, that could, his defense could be why that they are, you know, waiting this out, you know, not, not they're saying they don't, I mean, you say, well, yeah, we love Reese Hoskins, but you know, they certainly have not moved to, to go for a contract extension yet. So, or if if it's going to happen. So he likened it to last year with Gene Segura. Well, we saw what happened to Gene Segura. He, you know, he left town, they upgraded the position, Mm -hmm. you know, I think maybe they're waiting to see there. But but yeah, I would I would want to shore up the defense as much as possible through the designated hitter spot. Uh, now, if you if you use Derek Hall in the field a little bit, I mean, I I don't know how he compares to to Hoskins as a major league first baseman because he's played so little. Uh, but I, you know that that would be my. Priority. Am I a jerk for saying it can't be much worse? <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Right. I suppose. My own yeah. fear. <laughs> yeah so when when hoskins you know when hoskins is is cold and he has his hot and cold spells right that's when his defense really seems to get noticed right is that fair yes. to say <laughs> yeah or or even if he's swinging the bat well but it's in the playoffs and you really need an out and it's a routine grounder to first or <laughs> a little bit of a hard grounder that goes under the glove yeah that, that even even if you hit a home run that game that stuff gets noticed but but Jeff, I, you know, we only got a few minutes left, and I need to talk about one name that I saw in camp that I did not expect to be talking about. Okay, and that that would be Scott Kingery. Mm. Uh, Scott Kingery. So when I when I say Scott Kingery was part of Philly's camp, he was very much in the middle of everything. You know, he, he was alongside all the starters, all the stars. He's in camp now. I guess the big uh, attention was. Uh, paid towards uh, Kingery's home run off of Aranola. <laughs> Great, live batting practice. Yeah, take take it for what it's worth. But here, here's here's the reason I want to pay attention to Scott Kingery. This off season, unlike last off season, four days a week he worked with Kevin Long in Arizona. Four days a week. Mm-hmm. That is quite the investment in Scott Kingery made by the Phillies. And you know what? They, they're talking about his stance, talking about his uh, you know, working his legs like an infielder when he bats. Is this a project that, that might have something to it? Is this last year's version of Mickey Moniak now? We worked with Kevin Long. We're going to hit a bunch of home runs this spring. We're, we're going to look great. And then I don't know. Then we're gonna get nailed by a fastball and miss three. Way. I, who who knows? I mean, I really, I, I'm not gonna hold my breath here. I mean, even if you get a great Scott Kingery, what does that mean? It gives you a good utility man to play. I mean, I think you're pretty entrenched here with, you know, Bohm and Stott and Turner, unless one of those three, you know, just slump. Well, forget Turner. If Bohm or Stott just has a terrible start to the year and can't hit and Kingery blew it up in spring and made the team as a utility guy. And then I, we're, we're so far from that. And this, this story is so old now of Scott Kingery. I thought you meant he showed up to Philly's fantasy camp. I didn't even know you really meant. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. I knew, I knew he was there. I mean, look, it, it would certainly be such a, a great full circle type story, but 
Um, right now, it's not really registering too much of a blip on my Phillies spring training scale. If if he blows it up this spring, then then maybe I'll get a little more excited and see what happens from there. Well, we'll see. He's going to get some opportunities now if they're willing to let him play shortstop. Uh, well, uh, especially with Sosa trying out center field during some of these games, Trey Turner is going to be absent for a little bit in the World Baseball Classic. So they're going to have an, they're going to have a middle infield spot open for him to get some uh, to get some uh, action. So, but from my from my vantage point down here, even just before they play some games, and of course they start tomorrow uh, already. Uh, Kingery is in the middle of everybody. Like, like he's not he's not a minor leaguer that's kind of on the fringe. Like, you, you know, guys like that. Like, there's there's Will Toffee in camp, right? Who who had a cup of coffee uh, with the Phillies last year when certain players couldn't play uh, over uh, over the border in Canada. But uh, he, he, to me, he he is in the middle of it in a way that you don't see those minor league invitees. So mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not by no means expecting him to start, but they might, they might finally in year six, get a little something out of, out of Kingery. Right. <laughs> now they've been paying him that deal to basically do not. Well, they actually want to, didn't they wind up releasing him? And then, so no, they just outrighted him off the 40 man roster. They right. Did that right. Twice. I mean, right. Because, yeah, any other team could have claimed him, but who was lining up right. to claim him? No. Now, here's a, here's... So they still had to pay his, his full contract. So. Right. So they they paid the full $24 million, and they're going to pay out the whole thing. So the question Amazing. is, do you get something out of him in his last year? So anyway, yeah. that's just my eyeballs looking at Kingery and then him surprising everybody uh, and hitting that home run off of Nola. <laughs> but I only bring him up just because I think he's an intriguing person to watch. I don't have a lot of intriguing storylines among the offensive side of this roster. I mean, there's plenty of them we could talk about on Monday about pitching, but well, let me let me ask you really quick because I want to get your sense because sometimes you and I agree on something, but the the Phillies don't, right? Like, mm-hmm. so you and I are, feel strongly that Hoskins should not be in the two hole in the lineup, but clearly Rob Thompson put him there all last year when when he had the opportunity and didn't you know sort of waver from that. Are you anticipating? especially with Harper out a different slot for him. Like do the Phillies realize that he's probably now not their best two hole guy. Now that you have Turner and Schwarber here, if you're using Schwarber there, then yes. I mean, even if you have, but I could, I could see them just putting Schwarber in, in Harper's three spot and maybe it goes Turner, Turner, Hoskins, Schwarber. That's a lot of, that's a lot of, a lot of not speed uh, up, up top. I would actually rather go real Muto uh, two at this point, uh, or at least three, just just because you you need some speed up there. And I think Schwarber's faster than Hoskins, although he's, he's I, I not would, a speed demon. I would agree. I would, even though he's not again your traditional number three whole guy. You don't have your guy at the moment, so I would really consider Turner, Schwarber, JTR, Hoskins, Castellanos. Well, we have a. A game tomorrow, uh, you know, you, you got to wonder if they'll put the starters in just at least for an inning or two just to see how this lineup might function. So it might give a little telltale sign as to how he's looking at things because he might want them all together a few times before the World Baseball Classic. That's only, what, 10 days away at this point that yeah. they're going to have to leave. So I think it's uh, it's a good time to see what they can do and function together, even if it's for a few innings. And then you bring in the Will Toffees and Scott Kingeries of the world. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> All right, Jeff, I know uh, it's time to run, but I'm still down here. I'll be here for the weekend games, and we'll reconvene on Monday to talk some pitching 
for the Powder Blue Podcast. Frank Close, Jeff Moser, where we will catch you next time.